0: Thank you for tuning in to the Scattered Abroad podcast. This is a work that is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, gospel preachers seek to scatter the seed and unite the church and the world with Christ, despite our distances and differences. Here are your hosts, Caleb Rutherford and Michael Clark.
1: Hey, guys. No, know the episode hasn't started yet, but we wanted to stop and take a moment to talk about this month's sponsor. Yeah, this
2: month's sponsor is Kyle Publications. We're super grateful that they decided to come aboard with us and to do this this sponsorship and giveaway. And what they're giving away is an entire ladies' Bible study set called Finer Grounds. It's something that they've put together. It's extremely wonderful for all the ladies out there. And so if this is something you're interested, please uh, please, please enter into this giveaway. But before we get to how to do that, uh, Michael's going to read us a statement um, from Joe
1: Wells, the founder of Kyle Publications. Yeah, Kyle Publications. Is dealing with real talk, real life, and real answers. Uh, Joe and Aaron Wells are the co founders of Kyle Publications, publishers of a wide, wide range of biblically based beneficial resources for children, teens, and adults. With the goal of equipping, edifying, and encouraging families to walk closely with God through this always changing cultural wilderness, Joe and Aaron are also the hosts of The Hey Joe Show, one of the longest running podcasts in our brotherhood, specifically focusing on youth, family, and culture. If real is what you're looking for, then Kyle Publications and the Hey Joe Show are must-have resources, and you can learn more about them at kylepublications.org, and by checking out the Kyle Publications Facebook page. It's very simple. In order
2: to win this giveaway, you've got to do one thing, and as always, I bet you guessed it, you got to go to our website, go to scatteredbroad.org. Again, scroll all the way down to the website, type in your name, your email, s- subscribe to
1: our email list, and then you'll be entered to win this month's giveaway. We're so thankful to Kyle Publications for sponsoring this month's episode, and here it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the
2: Scattered Abroad podcast. I'm Caleb Brotherford, and I'm your host. I'm your host, Michael Clark. And we're so excited once again that you decided to join us for this joint podcast here on the Scattered Abroad Network. Just as a reminder, as we begin every episode, please remember to go to our (laughs) website at scatteredabroad.org. If you haven't already, scroll all the way down there. You can subscribe to our email list every month. You'll get emails. Uh, about some of the things that we're doing some of the things uh, some updates about our network you'll get access to our podcast there and all of our blogs and just some information that you may otherwise miss if you weren't subscribed so please remember to go ahead and do that and also please remember whatever platform it is that you're using please give us a rating or a review that will certainly help us out in our exposure to those around us and hopefully it will be beneficial to, to them as hopefully it is beneficial to you Once again, our theme for the year of 2021 is this idea of scattered yet united. We've been having some great discussions over the last few episodes. And today we're going to be talking about this idea of being united in spirit. United in spirit. And I think it's very important for us as we begin this episode to kind of define our terms as to what we're talking about and kind of the, the direction of, what we're gonna, uh, of where we're going to go. And so when we talk about this idea of spirit today, I, w- I want you to think about your attitude. Think about uh, the way you carry yourself, the way you conduct yourself. That's the kind of spirit that I want you to think of as we go through this episode together. So, so Chase, I'm, I'm going to throw it to you here first. When we talk about the spirit that we're supposed to have as, as Christians, what kind of spirit should we, should we possess, should, should we carry among ourselves?
3: Well, you're exactly right. It is to do with our attitude. I think of John four twenty four. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so we are to worship him truthfully the way that he has proclaimed for us to worship him, but also with the right attitude, the right spirit. Now, what I want to do is I want to boil this down in, in one sentence, if I can, and then go to some verses that show us what kind of spirit we should have. A Christian should have the spirit of love for God and for fellow man, the spirit of hope, looking forward to heaven, the spirit of humility, realizing how small we are and how big God is, and the spirit of satisfaction and delight in obedience to God. I think if we accomplish that, then we're going to have a good spirit about us, a good attitude. So the spirit of love. Well, the greatest commandments, Jesus says in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So they all boil down to that. You love God with all your heart, you love your neighbor like you love yourself, then the rest of it is going to come naturally. We're going to obey God. We're going to seek to please Him and worship in every aspect of our lives. And uh, we're also going to seek to treat other people the way that we should treat them with the spirit of love. Also, we should have the spirit of hope. Galatians 5 verse 5 says, For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. And we talked about that in one of our recent episodes. And certainly we should have, of all people, hope. You know, I think of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. If the resurrection had not happened, and I'm paraphrasing this, then we would, of all people, be most miserable. But we're not miserable because we do have hope. Christ did resurrect for us. He he, he died for us, of course. And and one day we have hope to have the resurrection of life as well. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now the faith is uh, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 1 Peter 1 verses 3 through 4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you." We also need to have the spirit of humility, meekness, gentleness, really synonyms for the same concept. 1 Peter 3 verse 4 says, "...a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God." And in that context, of course, uh, dealing with with women having that mindset, but really all Christians should have a spirit of gentleness and, and meekness which is precious in God's sight. James 4 verse 6 says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Well, if we want to have God's grace, one of the things that is demanded of us is we must be humble. We must realize, again, how big God is and how small we are. And if we ever become arrogant to the point where we are thinking of ourselves as as high and mighty, we might say, then we're in trouble. Matthew 11 verses 28 through 30, Jesus, great invitation in that passage. He says, "Come unto me, all you who are labor, who labor and are heavy-laden, and I will give you rest." And then he talks about how he is meek and how he's lowly in heart, and we are to be like him. We are to be meek and lowly in heart. We are to be humble, and we're to follow that example. And the last point that I'll make is that we are to have the spirit of, of satisfaction, delight in the law of the Lord obedience and, and delighting in obeying Him. And for these, I'll go to the Psalms. Psalm 1, 2, the blessed man's delight is in the law of the Lord. And on it, he uh, meditates day and night. Psalm 17, verse 15, As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. And Psalm 34, verse 4, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. One New Testament verse, and, and then I'll turn it over to the next uh, section. But Philippians four, verse nineteen: My God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So everything that we need, all of our desires spiritually, our our delight, is provided by Him, and so all our need is provided by Him.
2: Yeah, our, our actions, uh, the way that we carry ourselves, our, our attitude. Um, Our spirit is so important um, as Christians. Um, And obviously we ought to look to the master teacher um, for that example. Uh, I think about 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, Paul says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. So Houston, that leads us into our question for you. Let's talk about the spirit of Christ. What kind of spirit did our Lord and Savior have?
4: So one of the beautiful traits of Christ is that while we should see him in ourselves, we can also see ourselves in Him. And what I mean by that is that even though while He was God, or is God, He was man as well. He was in all points tempted like as we are. And so, being a human being, being a man, you have a a fluctuation of of attitudes, a fluctuation of demeanors, a fluctuation of spirit. You're not always going to be Though, while we should never just, we should never be negative, and certainly negative alone, only, but we're not always going to be positive. We read about different uh, spirit, different um, attitudes which Christ had throughout His life. <clears throat> There were times when he was, when he wept, when he lamented, when he mourned, there were times when he was angry, there were times when he rejoiced. We read about his, his anger, Matthew chapter 23, he's delivering eight woes to the scribes and to the Pharisees and to the false teachers of that time. And when you read throughout that, there's definitely some condemnation, there's definitely some frustration in there. In John chapter 2, we witness the wrath of, of Christ unfolding before those people. Though he didn't put anybody in physical harm, he certainly struck the fear of God in them, and rightfully so. And then constantly throughout the dealings with the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the false teachers of those days, when he's talking to them, you don't have to read between the lines to see the frustration that he has with them but then there's also times when he is when he's weeping the shortest verse of the bible we know uh, jesus wept then every time that jesus entered into jerusalem except for the triumphal entry he lamented the the city because he knew what was coming and then also many other times we find him weeping he wept in the garden he he he, uh, he was pouring out his heart to God, and he was even sweating blood. And then there are also times, of course, when he rejoiced, like when, the, when he sent out uh, his disciples, and they came back to him after they had preached, and they were telling him of all the great things that they had done. And you could, you could picture the excitement in his voice when he told them that he could see Satan falling from heaven because of the great things that they had just done. He saw what influence that God had through them, and that it was tearing down the influence of the devil. And so they Jesus was not always he he was man. And so as Christians we have to understand ourselves, we don't always have to keep a positive attitude, but we certainly should never have a negative attitude. And one thing that that uh, we can imitate in Christ which he always had was his fixation the prize like we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. I think that's a great point any comments? I've
3: got one. Yeah, Houston you mentioned just the some of the negative feelings that Christ had as he came in the flesh and he was a man and one of the most hopeful passages that we have in scripture is John 14 John 14, verse 1 says, Let not your heart be troubled, Jesus speaking there. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then he goes on and discusses the many mansions or the many rooms that are in heaven laid up for us that he would go and prepare for us. Turn back to John 13, verse 21. Because the same Jesus who says, Let not your heart be troubled, in chapter 13, verse 21, it says, When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit. Sometimes Jesus Christ was troubled. And we need to understand that He went through troubling times just like we go through troubling times. And certainly 2020 was a troubling time for all of us. We need to understand that Jesus Christ was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, Mm -hmm. Isaiah 53. He went through troubling times as well. And so when we look at some of the times that he was troubled, and then he turns around and tells his disciples, don't be troubled He's bearing those troublings, if you will, on behalf of us. And that gives us hope looking forward, knowing that he bore those struggles for us and he conquered the enemy, which is death, through his resurrection. And one day we will overcome as well. Yeah. One one more thing
4: before we move on is you you often see a lot of people who they are constantly happy-go-lucky. They seem like they're so very perky. But then behind the scenes, they have a lot that they're dealing with. And just for anybody who's listening, uh, you don't always have to, to have, a, have, a, have, have your guard up. You don't always have to have a front. It's okay. In fact, you're going to be like Christ when you, when you um, let others in on things that you're struggling with and your cares and desires and certainly
1: cast them before God as well. When you think about Jesus for just a moment, building upon that, when Jesus was in the garden before the crucifixion and he told his disciples, pray that you don't enter into temptation... And then Jesus goes just a, a little bit further away from them, and he begins to pray. And we read what Hebrews talks about that was strong crying and tears. He made supplications before God. And that what the passage tells us is the disciples fall asleep. And if the disciples had only stayed awake, they would have seen their master, their Savior, weeping, bleeding, you know, sweating blood. And all of the things that we read about that was going on in that garden with the severe agony that he was in... And yet he was the same one that said, don't be troubled. Mm -hmm. And yet, despite what he had said, he still understood that being human means that you're still going to experience human emotions Mm -hmm. and human, you know, circumstances. And here's Jesus. And if only they'd stayed awake, they would have seen it is okay to struggle. Right. Because what we overlook a lot of times is an angel was sent to do what for Jesus in that passage to strengthen him. Now, wait a minute. Why would Jesus need any type of strengthening? He's the Son of God. He was 100% man and 100% deity. And Jesus needed strength in that moment. I don't know what the strength was for, whether it was to get through the crucifixion, whether it was to overcome the feelings that he had. All I know is if he didn't need that angel, it wouldn't have been sent. And an angel was sent with the specific purpose of strengthening Jesus. And if Jesus needed strength, Mankind can still need strength, too. And so, like you said, Houston, it's so important. You don't have to be bogged down in your feelings and act as though you're okay on the outside, but then on the inside, you're, you're a time bomb. You know, you're just waiting for the final straw to finally be pulled, and then who knows what happens. And so, leaning upon each other is critical because Jesus did go back to his disciples yeah. and say, wake up and pray that you don't enter into temptation. And if only they'd done that, perhaps they wouldn't have all forsaken him and fled.
2: Yeah, I think it's important to to make the point that you know emotions are not a bad thing. I mean, we were created with emotions. We develop those emotions. They grow and they um, they mature. So that's not a bad thing. But I and I, I hate to keep going back to the year 2020, but it just happened. Um, so you know you, you think about all the, the horrible things that happened in 2020, the the pandemic, and you think about the forest fires, the tornadoes that went through, all the death and, and terrible things that our world um, endured, maybe on a much larger scale than normal. You know, I think a lot of that can get you down and discouraged and get you depressed. So, so Josh, how can we, when we go through difficult in, uh, circumstances and situations like that, how can we uplift our spirits? How can we encourage our, our just ourselves?
5: By way of answering this question, my mind at first, you know, it goes to Ephesians chapter three. Well, of course, we know in the first 13 verses there, Paul reveals the mystery but then from verse 14 down to verse number 20, uh, he talks about prayer. Uh, he talks about uh, verse 14, I bow my knees unto the Father. Uh, verse 15, of whom the family in heaven and earth then is named. And then he talks about the inner man being strengthened. Well, how do I do that, Paul? The inner man is strengthened in prayer. And so, you know, it kind of sheds some light on 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, where he mm-hmm. says, casting all your cares upon him before he talks about humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and then casting all your cares upon him well the thing you know I I, I always use as illustration you know we're very good at casting but you know sometimes when you know when we think God is moving a little too slow for us you know it's kind of like rolling a bowling ball down a lane and running after the ball what many Christians do in their prayer life with God so again Ephesians 3 Paul talks about Your inner man needs to be strengthened by prayer, by the Word of God, because something happens in prayer. I'm giving to God what's bothering me, and then Matthew 26 verse 36, Christ in the garden, and then God gives me the strength I need to face whatever it is I'm about to face. Also, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse number 6, those first five verses, of course, David is fighting the battle of Ziglag, and then in 1 Samuel 36 the Bible says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. And so knowing scripture, knowing what God has to say about a particular situation, that also gives me the strength I need, and it gives me the confidence that he's with me. He's for me. He's with me. Uh, he's, he's He's always by my side. He's always available. Uh, another verse, uh, Isaiah 40, verse 31, they that wait upon the Lord mm-hmm. shall renew their strength. Uh, they shall mount up with wings as the eagles. And so, you know, so many different verses help us appreciate the idea or the fact that God is with us Uh, another verse jeremiah 20 verse nine. of course we know that verse jeremiah said i'm done with this i don't want to speak at all anymore in his name but he also recognized uh, there was a fire that was shut up in his bones and i think we need to always keep that fire and and unfortunately you know as 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 christians as members of the church of course we do go to worship we hear the sermons but we also have to be able to encourage ourselves I can remember in 10th grade before the game we would always be in the locker room before the basketball game just you know kind of hyping each other up getting each other in the frame of mind to go out and play the game well I see that the same way in life you know in life sometimes you have to be your own hype man you know you have to be able to encourage yourself to kind of get yourself going because you know the, 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 the people are not always going to be there I know when the when the pandemic started and everything, you know, began shutting down, you know, before I'm, I'm preaching, I, I love to sing with the saints, you know, that encourages me to get ready to go preach. Well, you know, that wasn't as available anymore, you know, coming from, you know, 400 people now to, you know, maybe 20 or 30 to try to separate everyone. It wasn't as, you know, I guess, you know, kind of getting me in the mood as I thought it would, but you also have to be able to draw strength from the gospel, from the word of God, to get yourself going. So prayer, uh, encouraging yourself, all those are just different tools we can help, you know, to encourage ourselves every day.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, prayer is something that is so underappreciated. It's so underused. Amen. Um, and it is, I think people so oftentimes they think, um, you know, th- you look at prayer like like a phone call. And you call it and it's dead on the other end. It's just, a, you know, the beeping noise. That's not how prayer works. God is listening. doesn't mean you might, you'll you get the answer that you want, but you will always get an answer. It just, it just may not be what you think you need, uh, but it'll always be what God knows that you need. Um, so I think that, that's, very, that's very important.
1: And our spirits, we can never uplift our own spirits with stuff. Yeah. We try so hard. I mean, yeah. Solomon tried that through the book of Ecclesiastes. Right. The You know, God's not even mentioned in the first several verses of that book. Right. And he's talking about all of the things that he had tried and all of the things that he wanted to do and accomplish and he did it. Everything he set his heart out to have, he had. Everything he set his heart out to do, he accomplished. And his his, you know, conclusion statement was this is worthlessness. All that I have is nothing. I mean, we're all so blessed. I mean, we we talk about the the podcast that we're able to do, the equipment that we have, all of these things. We're so blessed with just the the scattered abroad side of this. But then we look at our homes and we look at the clothes that we have and the the cars that we have and the, the families that we have. And we think all of that stuff is great, but it will never, ever replace prayer. And God's not going to love it if we treat prayer like a Christmas list where we only approach God when we have stuff that we need to have accomplished. We need to be looking to God as Jesus did in all points of life. I don't believe Jesus was just somebody who prayed to God when he was really struggling in the garden. I find him to be one that prayer was a part of his life and he wanted it to be a part of his disciples' lives. And we mentioned this in, a, in an episode about the idea of imitating Christ as Paul did. That is an underrated verse in the Bible. It is one of my favorite verses because it showcases not only the importance of Paul saying, it's not about me, it's about Jesus, but it also shows that anything Jesus did, I should be willing to do. I should be willing to lay down my life for the cause. I should be willing to pray and to study and to teach people and to do all of the things that I can do that I read that Jesus did. And it's my expectation, it's my requirement, and how I can uplift my own spirit is by having the spirit of Christ, doing the things that Christ did. It's really hard to be bogged down when you have the ideas that Christ had about knowing what the plan is and knowing that it can be accomplished.
3: Exactly right, Chase. Yeah, Christian, if you're you're struggling with being bogged down, if you're struggling with the feeling of defeat, one of the places that is known really by all men of the faith throughout time to to go to a go-to section of scripture that you need to turn to for for comfort is the psalms and one of my go-to psalms is psalm 46 i'd like to read uh, the first few verses of that god is is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble therefore we will not fear even though the earth be removed the earth being ripped out from among from under you it's like a sinkhole we all have sinkholes in our lives when something just we thought was a sure thing gets snatched out from under us. And that's a, that's a troubling time. Um, and, and though the mountains be carried into the mist of the sea, kind of like a mudslide, maybe something's p- piling on you all at once and it's, it seems like it's too much to handle, turn to God, your your help and your refuge during this time. Though its waters roar and be troubled... Violence, turmoil in our lives, troubling of waters. Though the mountains shake with its swelling, maybe an earthquake or a volcano, and and those are like the most difficult moments in your life. Maybe you've lost a loved one, maybe your spouse was unfaithful to you, or, or something like that. Maybe your children have grown up and become unfaithful. And these are the the earthquakes of life that just shake us to the core, to the very foundation of our soul. We need to turn to the Psalms and, and other scriptures and look for comfort. From God, and at the end of that section, those first three verses of Psalm 46, it says, "Selah." Pause and reflect on what He has done for us.
2: No, I think that's a great point. So, Drew, we've talked. We've obviously, we've talked about us. You know, we we have to be. We had to encourage ourselves. Um, we've got to uplift our own spirits. So, we've talked about us, but let's talk about the people around us. How can we be a source of encouragement? How can we uplift the spirits? of the individuals who we come in contact with on a daily basis?
6: Well, the first thing, I'd like to kind of piggyback on what Josh was saying. If you can't uplift your own spirit, it's going to be really hard to uplift the spirits of others. Right. So we first have to take care of that. Go to God in prayer, spend time with Him, uh, communication. Of course, we communicate to God through prayer. He communicates to us through His Word. And we have that healthy line of communication going, that's going to help us to be uplifted in our spirits so we can help other people. Uh, Certainly, we need to lift up their name to the throne in prayer. That, that's probably the best way we can uplift their spirits and let them know we're praying for them. A lot of times we'll see it on social media. Hey, praying for you or the praying emoji. Let's make sure we actually do that. Right? Don't just tell, you know, let them know, hey, I prayed for you this morning specifically by name. That can really uplift someone. Uh, but when I was thinking about how to answer this, uh, the Apostle Paul does a much better job <laughs> than I could ever do. So I want to read uh, from Romans 12 beginning in verse 9 very quickly. Paul says, this is how you behave like a Christian. This is how you uplift people. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, Given to hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And then notice this. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And I love the way he closes. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. People are struggling with evil every day. Let's help them to overcome that by being that positive presence in their life.
1: And if we're not positive, why would anybody want to become a Christian? If every time we interact with someone in the community, if every time, I mean, if we're coaching out in the community, I know Drew coaches, I've, I've coached in the community with the rec leagues and whatnot. If we're coaching and when people see us behave in such a way that they think, well, that's not very Christ-like. They'll never want to come and be a part of the church. They'll never want to be added to the Lord's body and be members of His body and do the things that we read about in the book of Acts all the way throughout the rest of the New Testament about how the church is expected to behave itself because they'll look at the very people that are a part of it and say, well, they're not doing it. Why should I do it? And if so many people could understand that we should be excited. And I understand 2020, and we talk about that, we're going to talk about that for years. <laughs> 2020 was one of the worst years in the history of the world because it was just so difficult to get through. But if Christians can't come through that year and say, we're still happy, we're still rejoicing. How can you be rejoicing throughout all of this? Because we serve a God that is greater right. Right? than anything we face. Right. Yeah, and we, t- we talk about our, our
2: actions in this life and how we ought to have the right kind of conduct. We ought to, um, you know, live the right kind of life. But we won't have that if our mind's not right. If our attitude, if our if our spirit is not in the place in the place that it should be, then our actions won't either. Houston, very quickly,
4: Galatians six chapter one, going back w- with what Drew said at the very beginning of his question or his answer, Galatians six chapter one, brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself also. And we know that that's talking about uh, physical temptation or or, or sin. But then in the very next verse, he tells us to bear one one another's burdens. So, yes, those who are spiritual, you can restore such a one, uh, but also we're required to bear one another's burdens. That's exactly right. right. Well, again, we certainly appreciate you joining us for this
2: episode of the Scattered Abroad podcast. As always, please remember, you can go to our show notes below, find all of our social media links, pl- uh, links platform links, um, any, any way to get in contact with us. Our emails will be there, too. We'd be more than happy to try to talk to you and discuss anything you want to talk about. We'll try to give you a biblical answer for whatever question it is that you might have. As always, don't forget our sponsorship and giveaway uh, for the month. So please remember, if you want to enter in and try to win that, then please go to our email list. Again, go to scatteredabroad.org, subscribe to that email and you'll be automatically entered to win also don't forget a scattered abroad we're extremely proud um, and excited to say that we can produce content every single day and so every single day there's a new podcast that uploads a new episode so be looking forward to that um, and i'm pleased i hope you take advantage of that and i hope it's beneficial to you and your study and in your walk with christ and i'm so on behalf of, on behalf of everyone here at san thank you so much and god
0: bless thank you for listening to this podcast from the scattered abroad network May God bless you.